5: Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio on the occasion of the state visit uh, to the United Kingdom of the 45th President of the United States of America. Donald Trump touched down at Stansted Airport three minutes ahead of schedule uh, just about an hour ago, and the first person he saw was Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt, which was probably just as well uh, that it wasn't Sadiq Khan, who he is now referred to as a stone-cold loser, as well as being the shorter version of New York Mayor and Trump critic Bill de Blasio. In fact, he's not just said he's a shorter version, he said he's only half the size of Bill de Blasio. These are the tweets uh, that he's been sending out just as he was approaching Stansted, just as he was getting off uh, Air Force One. The usual suspects, of course, will be out in force today, demonstrating about the world's most powerful man and our biggest ally, who is actually here, let's not forget, to commemorate the 75th anniversary of the D-Day landings. Jeremy Corbyn hasn't yet decided whether he's going to join him. Jeremy Corbyn hasn't yet decided whether he wants to even join hands uh, and shake hands with Donald Trump, uh, because he thinks he's a ghastly, awful, horrible man like Hamas and like the IRA and all of the usual suspects that he meets whenever he feels like doing so. We will be uh, delving into all of his musings of course about the NHS some people think he's calling for the privatisation of the NHS. We'll be wondering whether he should be involving himself in meeting Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage and in fact getting uh, stuck into whether the next Prime Minister of this country should be somebody that he likes and of course uh, whether we should go down the road that he wants us to go down uh, and not do business with, with Huawei uh, the Chinese telecommunications company. 344- Four nine nine one thousand. Of course, we want to hear from you as well, uh, because you are the voice of reason. Because there are not many places doing it, this particular show will bring you all of the greetings and all of the warm messages of welcome that you wish to send to President Donald Trump. Send them to me and I'll read them out on the air. You can also call us, of course, as well. 0344 There'll be plenty of people out there demonstrating. They've ridiculously decided to put up that useless balloon again, uh, which actually looks a little bit more like Emily Thornberry. It does like Donald Trump. But what do I know? 0344 Four nine nine one thousand. also coming up we'll be finding out why on earth an organisation thinks that women should be paid an extra two thousand quid for having a baby because they've got some kind of shortfall going on and of course uh, we'll find out what is going on within the race to be the next prime minister of this country Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the number this is talk radio The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, let's go straight to Greg Swenson, who's with Republicans overseas. We've seen uh, Donald Trump's arrival, all uh, very, very hush-hush up at Stansted. Nobody really allowed anywhere near him from the public point of view. Uh, But he met Jeremy Hunt. They seem to have quite a warm uh, and and familiar conversation, shall we say. Quite surprised, really, that he was the first guy that he met. Uh, He's going to be taking helicopters most of the day today. He's going off to stay with the uh, US ambassador to London in the ambassadorial residence in North London then he's going to go over to Buckingham Palace it's going to be a busy day uh, for Donald and Melania but let's find out from Greg uh, what he thinks of it all so far Greg, a very good morning to you, welcome
4: Hi, how are you? Nice yeah.
5: to you. Yeah, very well, uh, nice to talk to you Greg I mean obviously uh, a big event for Donald Trump This he's previously said he's only really interested in meeting the royal family but he's also interested in meeting Boris Johnson possibly who he thinks should be the next Prime Minister and Nigel Farage who he thinks should be doing the negotiating uh, in Europe for us
4: yeah. I mean, look, it, it, he's uh, he's here for the the pomp and circumstance. He's here for the, the state visit. Yes. All true. But, yeah, he, he can't help himself with getting involved. Um, you know, look, he's he's the most interviewed president in memory. So, you know, you ask him a question. And one of the one of the very appealing things about this president is he actually answers the question.
5: Yes, so he's a sort of um, a do-it-yourself interviewee in a way, isn't he? Because uh, right, right. you know, yeah, and he's, so he's also answered. Course. And he's also answered your next question uh, with uh, with an answer that you weren't expecting him to give you. But even for him, quite extraordinary to be attacking Sadiq Khan even as he's landing at Stansted.
4: Yeah, look, I mean, that's that's the nature of of this president, and you know, we uh, sometimes wish that he would deliver his messages more politely. But look, uh, the mayor has not exactly been an innocent bystander in this whole drama, you know. So. Uh, If you had taken the high road and and been a gentleman and acted like the mayor of London instead of acting like a school, you know, a a schoolyard brawl participant, you know, then we wouldn't we wouldn't have this. And and look, I know that the president has a reputation for being brash and, and being rude. That's that's just baked in. But I think that the mayor is really looking foolish here.
5: I mean, I suppose one of the big things that we would expect might come out of this, and he's hinted at this, is a trade deal, isn't it? Because Donald Trump has variously said that there will be a great trade deal available uh, post-Brexit, yeah. but he's also said he might be bringing one with him. Is he bringing one with
4: him? I, absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine that he's not. He's 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 hinted at that before. He's telegraphed that in, in quite clearly. Um, he is not an advocate of, you know, the UK is going to be in the back of the queue, like the, the former president said um, you know, this is someone who wants to do trade um, in spite of his his uh, affinity for tariffs. But look, in term, in term when we're talking about the United Kingdom, he will do a trade deal and he'll be the first one.
5: And what is the nature of that trade deal likely to, to well, focus on mostly? Because, of course, I, there's a lot of talk about the food importing business. Where, you know, we import food from all sorts of countries around the world and we may import right. some food from America or we may not. But I mean, the the the, the sort of the focus on this chlorinated chicken debate seems to be to be completely ridiculous.
4: Because there's there's a couple of thousand Brits eating chlorinated blueberries right now, or chlorinated something already. So so, you know, I love the chlorinated chicken thing. It's just a a testament to the, the progressive grievance list. But look, right now, the U.S. is the largest investor in the U.K. in terms of foreign direct investment. The U.K. is the largest single investor in the U.S. They're already huge trading partners. Um, by far, the UK's largest export market is the United States. Uh, this, you know, the UK is the fourth largest export, you know, vehicle for the US. I mean, this, this is a fantastic relationship already. You know, both in terms of economics, investment, trade, military, intelligence. You know, th- this there's so much to build on here. If they do a trade deal with zero tariffs, it would be fantastic for both countries.
5: Yeah, and I mean, would it be uh, prudent if you if you like for him to kind of reveal some of the details of that? Because certainly it would help the Brexit party, uh, and it would certainly help the Tory party get Brexit on uh, track. If in fact Donald Trump was to come out and say, "Here's the deal."
4: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I don't know that he will necessarily, and and I know that you know there are some restrictions because you know the, the, the UK is still a member of the EU. Um, but look, I, I think that the president will be candid, and 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 especially when prompted, he'll be candid. And I, I think it's a you know look it, when it when it does happen, I think it'll be again great for both countries, and uh, and there's so much to build on too.
5: And as far as the actual um, meetings go today, uh, obviously he's going to spend some time at Buckingham Palace. Uh, he's very excited to be visiting uh, Prince and, uh, the Prince of Wales uh, and, and his palace as well. And it's all going to be very kind of staged, I suppose, really. What does this really mean to the man, Donald Trump? Because, he, as I say, he has said he loves the idea of meeting the royal family and spending time with them.
4: Yeah, look, he, he's, he brought his entire family. There's a huge entourage from Washington. This is a big moment for him. I, I think there's no doubt... Whether he'll admit it or not, um, there's no doubt that he's really – he hopes to really enjoy this. Uh, I, I think it's a great moment for him and a great moment for both countries, given the you know, the 75th anniversary of D-Day. I hope that gets a lot of attention. And, uh, and, and as I said, it, you know, the, the fact that it's a state visit, uh, for a man with, you know, a well-known, large ego is a, is a very, you know, a very big thing.
5: Well, as, as, as you say, it shouldn't be forgotten that it is for the 75th anniversary of the D-Day landings, which yeah. are very, very important to an awful lot of people in this country. So also for, for some of our politicians to kind of paint this, Vince Cable has said the same, uh, uh, the, the, the head of the Lib Dems has more or less said that, you know, Donald Trump does not share our values. I think that's a disgraceful thing to say, considering, you know, what it is yeah. that America and Britain have together.
4: Exactly. I, I mean, I get this, this progressive grievance uh, constantly uh, in the media about uh, the share, you know, that he doesn't share our values. We're much more inclusive and we have we believe in diversity and all this business. We had an African-American president for eight years. So yeah. This is a very liberated country. I don't get why. I don't get how these people say that, you know, that, that the U.K. is so different. We're so much more metropolitan here. It's absurd. Uh, I think that the president... Is, uh, is going to enjoy it, and I think he should. But they also, they give a false narrative
5: to this country in that they make it out as if, the, you know, the people who they represent don't like Donald Trump. I saw Sadiq Khan interview yesterday in which he said, you know, Londoners object to the policies of Donald Trump. <laughs> well, I'm a which, Londoner. I don't object to them.
4: It's completely absurd. Now, granted, London, you know, lean toward Remain as opposed to Brexit, and, and I would imagine if there was an election for Donald Trump, it would be similar to New York and Washington and San Francisco. You might have a majority, but but that's that's about it. I mean, there's a lot of people in this in this city, and when you speak to people, they, there's so many that really like this president. They don't talk about it at work if they work for a big company for fear of HR. Um, they don't talk about it at a at a dinner party in Chelsea, but um, but you know there's a there's a huge sentiment of of. Uh, of trust for this president.
5: Well, luckily here at Talk Radio, we tell the truth and we don't try and hide behind uh, a load of nonsense. Jacob Rees-Mogg uh, was just on a Julie Hartley Brewer's show and here's what he said. I think it's perfectly reasonable of the president of the United States uh, to call um, 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 Sadiq Khan a stone-cold loser. I think Mr Khan demeans the office and demeans the nation. I'm backing Mr Trump.
4: Yeah, I think that's an understatement. I think he was rather polite um, in calling him only a stone-cold loser. I mean... Look, I, I think and and by the way, I you know, I know that presidents in general and, and, and leaders of countries aren't usually that frank. You know, they're much more diplomatic, but this is not the nature of, of President Trump. He's you know, he says it like it is. Sometimes I wish he wouldn't. I would, you know, I hope that he would tone it down sometimes. But on the other hand, one of the things that voters and even people here in the UK really like about him is just, he's very candid.
5: Well, he is. And, I mean, he even manages to get his nose into the whole Meghan Markle scandal scenario yeah. Um, yeah, right, and, by supposedly uh, you know, or not calling
4: her nasty. What do you make well, of that? I mean, if you look at the context, this is the same with a lot of his quotes, you know, when you go, back to, um, you go back to even Charlottesville. I mean, look, he did he did refer to some of her comments as nasty, but he didn't say he didn't just come out and say one day, Meghan Markle's nasty. I mean, that's, that's, that's a gross exaggeration, but of course they take it out of context and they just grab a quote. look, I know that's the nature of the media. It's not only, you know, I I wouldn't say that, you know, they only pick on this president. I mean, that's, that's, that's the job, but, but really taking that context like that, I mean, he didn't say Meghan's, it was, it was in response to some of the things that she said. So, Again, if he's asked a question, he's going to answer it. That's yes, exactly
5: right. And how is this being being seen back home in the U.S. of A.? Because, of course, it's a very divided nation, as as this one is here about Brexit. Over there, it's divided about Trump. Uh, but we keep yeah. hearing that uh, he's more than likely to get re-elected for a second term. But well, when, uh, when when he comes yeah. to this country, you know, the silent sort of majority of people are probably quite happy about
4: that, aren't they? Uh, absolutely. I mean, and again, it is it is very much a silent majority. Uh, they, they, there's a lot of people on the progressive left that will be complaining about it. I'm not sure a lot of those people understand the history and, and, and really would know anything about D-Day and the shared sacrifice and shared service of these two great countries. Um, the fact that the president is here, a lot of people in the U.S. like it. They get great ratings on the royal family in the U.S. The, the U.S. has got a real you know, soft spot for the U.K. And um, we saw that during the Olympics, we saw it during the Jubilee, the, the royal weddings. They have a, a great following in the U.S. So I think it's a big moment for, for people that that uh, that love America. And
5: I don't know whether you're going to be uh, in the same room as, as the Trumps during any one of these uh, visits yeah. and, and, and any of the, of the functions that they're um, at, but a lot of people yeah. always say to me, why does Melania look so miserable? Uh, I, always say, <laughs> I always say I think she's got that posh spice thing going on where she just always looks like that when she's on official business. What's the What's the real story? I-
4: I've never met her. I've heard that she's very likable, but she's also somewhat private and probably doesn't like all the scrutiny. I don't think any any uh, First Lady does. But, um, you know, I think she just keeps, you know, she maintains she's very dignified. I think she's done a great job. You know, I'm going to be at the Westminster Abbey today. That'll be a very, you know, solemn, solemn moment, playing the wreath on um, the um, tomb of the Unknown Soldier. You know, it's a great moment. I'm sure she'll be very, very dignified.
5: And he kind of feeds off the negative as well, doesn't he? I mean, he probably quite doesn't care, I would say, or or quite likes the fact that they're going to put that stupid balloon up, which last time they put it up, it was a lot smaller than everybody thought it was going to be, and and it flew a lot less high. So actually, it was kind of embarrassing.
4: How do you think that makes it look more ridiculous? You know, the progressive left, you know protesters or the president. Look, I know he's got thin skin, but he also thrives on the fight. You know, I don't think he'll mind that at all. He, he likes to get scrappy. He's a street fighter from Queens. So, um, you know, I think that it, it's sad that the, the protesters are, have chosen to do this, but, you know, especially, with, again, given the 75th anniversary of D-Day. But, you know, I don't think there's anything that this president or any conservative or Republican president could do to please the left you know, remember, they were burning Reagan in effigy in the 80s here, and all he did was liberate Western Europe from the evil empire. <laughs> yeah, right, and caused yeah, the
5: collapse cool, of the gonna, Soviet I'm, Union.
4: I'm, I'm going to put a defence system in, in, in Germany so I can, you know, protect you all from, from the Soviet right. threat. Uh, you know, yeah, great. So
5: I'm going to burn him in effigy for that. No, quite. Listen, your phone's cracking up a bit, Greg. going to let you go. Greg Swenson there from Republicans Overseas, uh, in favour very much, as you would expect, I suppose, of the Trump visit uh, here to the United States of uh, Britain. Uh, As some people would like it to become. There is no doubt in my mind that if Donald Trump came out over the course of these next few days and actually spelled out what a trade deal would mean for the US and for Britain outside of Europe and outside of the European Union, it would, I'm sure, tip the balance and make everybody say, well, maybe things won't be so bad. I mean, all this nonsense about chlorinated chicken is an absolute and utter shibboleth. I'm sorry to tell you. 0344 499 1000. This is the place uh, to send your messages of welcome. To Donald Trump, of course, because, believe it or not, there are some people in this building, some of them just on the other side of the glass here, that wanted to play the sort of evil empire song for Donald Trump when he came here. And I said to them, I'm not having that. I am not having you absolutely besmirch and destroy the reputation of the United States of America, the 45th president of this country, who, as far as I'm concerned, is very welcome here. And I do not want to see the kind of lefty, ridiculous behaviour that we will see over the course of the next two days in this office. This is Talk Radio. More gun talk from a water pistol from the Farmer of Fury.
4: The
0: Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. Moving to the country, I'm gonna eat- a lot of peaches i'm moving
5: to the country i'm going to eat me a lot of peaches i'm moving
6: to the country i'm going to eat a lot of peaches i'm moving to the country i'm going to eat a lot of peaches,
5: peaches come. 0344 is the number. Matthew Wright's here at one o'clock, of course. Uh, Donald Trump is here for several days. Uh, it's his first state visit to the United Kingdom. He's just touched down uh, in um, Buckingham Palace in uh, Marine One. And we're going to go to Alex Dibble Live very shortly, who's there. There's a gun salute going off at the moment. I'm not sure if it's a 21-gun salute uh, or a 41-gun salute or however many guns they have there. Let's talk to Daniel first though, in Epsom. Daniel, very good uh, afternoon to you.
1: Mike, how you doing, mate? Um, do you know what? I'm very, very happy to see Donald Trump, President Trump, uh, arrive in my country.
5: Yes,
3: me and, too. Uh,
1: and I think the majority of people that are cut from the same cloth as me think exactly the same thing. And I feel like what we will see at the protest, we will see the same kind of unwashed, Corbynite, kind of lefty, coloured hair person who's not even working, uh, out there protesting, as we normally do. The renter mobs that turn up to... Extinction Rebellion and any other protest that's going. We'll see them out later um, with with their idealistic, naive worldview. While the rest of us that are working and trying to crack on and welcoming, we haven't got time for protest because we're busy
5: making a pound note. No, that's right. What you can hear in the background there is uh, just the old gun salute going off uh, down at Buckingham Palace, just in case you're alarmed. Um, no, uh, I'm, watching,
1: I'm watching it while I'm talking to oh, right you. Oh, Good,
5: OK. I... Well, well, you can watch it and hear it now because this is called dual uh, platform broadcasting, I think you call it. But anyway, listen, all these people who say that, you know, like Vince Cable, what a cheek this guy has to say that he doesn't share our values. Well, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, yeah, maybe he doesn't because you're trying to subvert democracy, mate.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, our values about democracy and adhering to the biggest ever vote that we've ever taken, you're you're trying to reverse that. You spend your time trying to convince us that we got it wrong. Whereas Trump's saying, look, you got it right. You need to get away from this union. I've got a big deal waiting for you. And I believe that he genuinely has. Yeah. I, I, I think that's the way forward. I think the EU is crumbling. The economies are crumbling. I think every year its status is dwindling. I think their trade quotas every year slow down as well. There's only one way to go.
5: Absolutely right, Daniel, thanks very much for your call Let's go straight now to Alex Dibble who is live at Buckingham Palace for us uh, probably watched the helicopter come come in uh, Charles and uh, Camilla came out uh, Charles and Donald Trump walked across the uh, the lawn looking as if they were having a very amusing conversation Alex, uh, welcome back to the show what can you tell us?
0: Yeah, thanks Mike, that's right there were two huge helicopters one of which carrying the President of the United States of America uh, they came over, uh, did a mall over Green Park well. And- Everybody immediately got their phones out, sign of the 21st century. They wanted that video or that photo of the U.S. president landing in the Garden of Buckingham Palace. So it obviously flew over the building and then descended behind trees. We didn't see it land because everybody here was out the front of the building. Uh, But everybody quite, I think it's a moment that um, that regardless of whether you're a Trump fan or not, uh, there are plenty of people who came down just because they wanted to see it.
5: Yes, quite exactly right. Now he's going to be spending some time there, having a bit of lunch, presumably, uh, with the Queen. Uh, she's there as well. But uh, he seemed to be getting on very well with Charles as they were walking back towards the uh, uh, the sort of the main entrance of the of where they were going in. They seemed to be having a bit of a laugh and a shout with each other.
0: They did, yeah. But I guess it's one of those things that uh, the, the royal family are well versed. They've got a lot of practice, don't they, in uh, welcoming dignitaries and uh, heads of state from all over the world and uh, Charles. Uh, As the Duke of Edinburgh, I think, once joked that he was the world's finest ribbon cutter because of the number of times he's done it. Prince Charles, uh, probably one of the world's finest uh, welcomers of uh, of heads of state from across the world. So, yeah, they looked like they were in good conversation. And that's just the beginning of of days worth of events. Uh, Donald Trump is going to be welcomed at an official ceremonial welcome in in the Garden of Buckingham Palace. And that begins a sort of two days' worth of events with the Queen and, and the Prince of Wales as well.
5: No, of course. And uh, as far as this sort of demo is concerned, I mean, we're expecting the larger part of that to be tomorrow. Um, are, are, are there any demonstrators that you can see where, from where you are at the moment today?
0: Do you know what? I, I can't see anyone actively demonstrating. In fact, the only banner that I've seen is actually a pro-Trump banner. Um, so there, there are many people here who, who are wearing Make America Great Again" That's just James tats. Dellingpole's uh, banner, I presume, isn't it? <laughs> I've actually bumped into James already this morning. Um, for, for those who don't know, he's a journalist who's uh, yes, quite quite pro-Trump. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, no, he, he's one of many people down here today um, who have th- those big red caps on and, and one or two in T-shirts as well. Um, and because this is, is their opportunity, I suppose, while people who are anti-Trump can can protest and all get together, people who are pro-Trump aren't, aren't unless they're going to hold a rally. Uh, this is the, their best opportunity to come out in support of it.
5: No, of course. And uh, as far as the um, uh, the, the cold stream guards, how many uh, how many gun salutes is this, by the way? Because I've heard of a of a twenty-one gun salute. It sounds like more than that.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know if you can hear it still going off in the yes. background, but um, this is quite funny actually because yesterday was the um, coronation day, of course. Yes, and and the, usually you get a, a gun salute for the monarch on coronation day, but because coronation day this year fell on a Sunday, the gun salute for that is usually moved to the Monday, which is today. So there were sort of whispers that the, the gun salutes were going to be added together, which meant that they would last twice as long. So It would take about 13, 14 minutes, something mm. like that. And then there was sort of, speculation that if Donald Trump wasn't made aware of this, he would think that he was getting, all for him, the longest gun salute in the history of the world, and therefore that he was somehow special, which, unfortunately for him, in this case, is not true.
5: Okay, Alex, thanks very much indeed. I still reporting in uh, live from the place where the guns are firing, uh, the celebrations are going on, uh, and no specific demos that he can see no people uh, floating a large Trump baby balloon Uh, no lefties, hammers presumably because they haven't woken up yet uh, because it's only half past 12 after all, or very nearby half past 12. Uh, The Queen is hosting President Trump for lunch along with his wife Melania the First Lady, along with Prince Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles uh, or formerly Camilla Parker Bowles. Of course the whole point of this is that it is a state visit based around the commemoration of the 75th anniversary of the D-Day landings and that's precisely how it should be seen it should not be seen through the prism of left-wing or right-wing politics or whether you like president trump or whether you don't like president trump all of the noise being made uh, by people like emily thornbury and sadiq khan and vince cable and all of these people who coincidentally want to remain in the united kingdom who keep saying that he does not share our values well i disagree Donald Trump does an awful lot of things uh, which some people would say uh, do not uh, v- v- sort of fit in with what some people who didn't vote for him in America does. But that's not the point, is it? Uh, let's go back to the phones because uh, lots of you want to talk to me this morning and lots of you will get on. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. 499 1000. Martin uh, is in Southwark. Hello, Martin.
2: Uh, hello,
1: he- hello um, um, Mike. Yes. Lovely to speak to you again. Thank you. And, you know, it's, it's really irritating me to hear people going on and on and on about anti-Trump. Now, no-one is saying that Trump is an angel, but I was just thinking, do you remember the Watergate affair? Do you remember the Contra, Iran-Contra I do remember affair? it very well, yes, Oliver North. Exactly, with, exactly with Reagan. Mm. Iran-Contra and then Watergate with Nixon. And what about Blair and Bush with Iraq? What about Mandelson, who resigned twice? Yeah over
2: irregularities with his mortgage, which I think was involved um, either Robinson or, or Faulkner. Uh, and w- w- what about our, our own Prince Andrew with, with Epstein and Blair? With, 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 uh, was, in fact, Blair was the first PM to be interviewed by the police in office. And I think it was under caution for cash for honours.
1: No, but cash
5: for oh, honest, yeah, I don't think it was under caution, but you're absolutely right. There's been plenty of reasons to dislike politicians from either side of the Atlantic, but I've never seen I've never seen so uh, many kind of, you know, snivelling lefties making such a big deal about something which is down to the Queen to actually make the offer to. It's not Sadiq's Khan place to say that he's not welcome. The Queen has invited him here and we should be respectful. But
1: it's the
2: inconsistency,
1: Mike. You know, we had Cash for Honours, we
2: had Clinton opening in the Oval Office with Monica Lewinsky. Yes. So so why single out Trump? I'm not saying Trump is perfect, but none of the others are. No. It's quite ridiculous. You're absolutely right, Martin.
5: It is totally ridiculous. Thank goodness for your commonsensical approach. The Queen has officially now welcomed President Trump to Buckingham Palace, and I think we should all be very happy about that. Ricky's in Glasgow. Hi, Ricky.
1: Hiya, Mike. I agree with you, absolutely. Thank you. As far as I'm concerned, the London people elected the Lord
5: Mayor of London to speak for them. It's a London resident... That's slagging the president of the United States of America. Incorrect. Not the rest of the UK. No, no, right? but London, no, no. London residents are either, as somebody pointed out, the, the people who voted for Sadiq Khan, who's the mayor, by the way, not the Lord Mayor, uh, didn't, yeah, did, did not do so in a majority manner because the majority of Londoners did not vote for Sadiq Khan. This is the way they, you know, you know how it was a draw. But he the, was, yeah, in the Euro he elections. Was
1: appoint- sorry, Mike. He was appointed. Right, <clears throat> the rest of us in the UK. Uh, we welcome the President of the United States. God bless America.
5: Yeah, your First Minister's not very keen on him, though, Ricky. Oh, she just babbles on. <laughs> just rabbits on. Rabbit, right. rabbit. Okay. Who cares?
1: Right. Does she want to visit her late? Well, she's not on. All right. God bless America. You're welcome, Donald, if you're listening. You're welcome.
5: Thank you very much indeed. It's an overwhelming uh, level of support for Donald Trump on uh, uh, on the, the, the small measurement of uh, people listening to this show. And I can tell you uh, that I've already now got the poll out, which uh, has been going now for over an hour. And I'm trying to find the... Oh, here we go. 86% of you, uh, over uh, 2,500 of you have voted. a lot of people. Do you welcome Donald Trump to the UK today? 86% yes. A resounding yes. Far more people than voted for Sadiq Khan, uh, or indeed Vince Cable, or indeed Emily Thornberry, I think you'll find, in terms of the percentage win. That's what we do here. Uh, We we come up with the truth uh, rather than a load of uh, complete and utter lies.
2: Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you
3: The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
5: Now, I'm delighted to say I'm joined in the studio now this morning by Ross Kempsel, Talk Radio's political editor. Ross, a very good morning to Good morning, Mike. Lots going on today. We're going to be speaking later on with John Craig about the, uh, the latest from the fight, the sort of uh, uh, the Conservative Party fight. For the next leader, uh, of which I think we're now up to 13, are we not?
6: Yeah, new candidate, Sam Gima, the former universities minister in Theresa May's government. Let's have a listen to what he told Talk Radio this morning when he spoke to Julia Hartley Brewer.
2: Well, there's a wide range of candidates, but a narrow set of views. All the candidates are either talking about no deal or a reheated version of Theresa May's deal.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: I am the one saying that we should consider a new referendum with a new set of questions as a way of breaking the impasse in Parliament and moving the country forward. I am the only one offering that.
5: He's the only one offering that, but if you thought Rory Stewart was uh, unknown before the start of the proceedings, I mean, I'm not sure too many people out there, uh, man and woman in the street, uh, as it were, would know who Sam is.
6: Yeah, but the important thing is that Tory members now know that he's the only one backing a second referendum and that's mm. going to go down like a lead balloon. Yeah. It's, it's, it's impossible to think of a policy that could be l- less popular with Tory members on the members' ballot. I mean, even in Parliament uh, amongst MPs, there's a handful at most who, who, who might be willing to go down that path, Tory MPs. Now, what I think that's really about is not about winning, it's about trying to influence mm. some of the other candidates. And Sam Gima is doing two things. Firstly, he is raising his profile, trying to increase his influence, trying to get that job, perhaps, in a future government but also as I say trying to influence the remain backing or the softer Brexit candidates people like Jeremy Hunt Uh, so in, in the later stages of the race I think we're going to see this wide field absolutely winnowed into a smaller number we know we end up with two on the ballot, but it's going to happen way before then as candidates pull out and make tactical uh, decisions to back other candidates. And the, the, the ones to watch are Matt Hancock, around about 11 MPs. Jeremy Hunt as well, if he decides that he's not going to be able to go any further as the kind of softest Brexit candidate of the, of the leading candidates, uh, and to use those terms in the way that they're used. Uh, And also Rory Stewart as well, who's who's picked up this kind of social media momentum, Mm. not matched amongst MPs in Parliament, doesn't have uh, uh, more than a a few MPs backing him, but will be significant uh, as the race kind of winnows out and they begin to make significant interventions when they decide who to back.
5: Well, certainly Rory's provided an awful lot of comic material for quite a few of the TV shows that I saw over the course of the weekend. Uh, But we'll we'll go into a bit more detail on the actual individuals, I suppose, later on. But what about this week? Will we see another two or three names
6: being thrown into the hat? Well, this morning, the Joint Executive Secretary of the 1922 Committee, Nigel Evans, told us that he thought that there would be as many as 17. I know of two other uh, Tory MPs who are actively preparing candidacies now, whether they decide to announce or not is a different matter Mm. the close of nominations is monday so we're at the point where we're going to uh, come to a termination of this but there's still a week to go and there's still plenty of names who could throw their hat into the ring you might be looking at Penny Mordaunt for example who's been taking canvassing calls uh, through Tory HQ with supporters Uh, we know that there are a number of other candidates who we thought might announce like Liz Truss for example but uh, had ruled herself out and this weekend backed Boris Johnson in the newspapers so it's a decision for those key players do they enter what is now a very crowded field and if you've held back you risk now looking as if you are yet another Mm. entrant that's a problem for people like Penny Mordaunt who were tipped heavily to enter the race early on they didn't uh, and now they risk look like being an also-round.
5: Yeah, that's a shame, isn't it? Ross, thank you very much indeed. Ross Campbell, there with an update on what is going on uh, out there in the big wide world of the Tory big beasts fighting each other. Let's look to John Craig, Chief Political Commentator uh, for Sky News. John, uh, very good morning to you. Welcome to the show.
3: Morning. I'd agree with uh, Ross's analysis there. I'm surprised that Penny Morden hasn't declared before now, actually, and I agree with Ross that uh, by leaving it so late... Uh, she's uh, catching up. I mean, for example, a lot of Conservatives, both on the Eurosceptic Brexiteer wing of the party and on the other wing of the party, pro-European, have already announced who they're going to back. Um, I would say about uh, Rory Stewart, he might not have that many names, but he's got some pretty big names, none bigger than Ken Clark, uh, the most uh, pro-European of all Tory pro-Europeans. And... Uh, uh, okay, he might not have that many, but uh, he'll, he'll have a few. De- he's got Nick so- Nicholas Soames as well. The real uh, pro Europeans are probably going to go for him rather than g- Sam Gema. I mean, at least Rory Stewart's a member of the cabinet. Sam Giemer was a junior minister, not for very long. Um, and I can't see him picking up that many votes. I would have thought most of the pro Europeans probably go for Rory Stewart, but they are a tiny minority in the party, of course. As for who else is uh, perhaps going to join, well, um, I'm surprised that uh, we haven't heard from Sir Graham Brady the last few days because uh, he rather surprisingly quit as the Tories' backbench shop steward, the chairman of the 1922 committee. And we all thought, well, he's either going to run himself or announce his backing for one of the leading candidates. Well, he's done neither so far. The other name that was touted was uh, Jesse Norman. who, When I mentioned him to uh, uh, Eamon Holmes on talk radio the other day, Je- uh, Eamon thought he was a, she was a singer. Well, yeah, well, sure we've
5: all right. made that mistake before. <laughs> <isn't, you know.
3: laughs> I thought Eamon was right about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think 15, 16, probably. I mean, there's as many candidates as there are in uh, Donald Trump's entourage here in the UK.
5: No, quite. And what are, do you see there being a sort of a choice then between pro-European and, 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 and sort of hard Brexit then? When it comes down to the final two, I've always been of the opinion that it would be more likely to be a choice between a sort of a no-deal Brexit uh, and a Brexit of some kind.
3: Yeah, well, at the moment, I would my prediction would be, at the moment, would be uh, Boris Johnson versus Michael Gove in the final runoff um, of the sort of soft, well, soft Brexit, I don't know what you call them, really. Uh, those Brexiteers who stayed loyal to Theresa May to the end, um, I think probably uh, a lot of mainstream Tories will probably back that ca- uh, that can- uh, Michael Gove amongst that lot. I mean, the problem for the Brexiteers... Is it's a very crowded field. I mean, you've got Andrea Leadsom, um, and you've got uh, Dominic Raab, as well as Boris Johnson. I mean, the, the, um, there are only a few pro Europeans, pro Remain uh, uh, candidates. There's a lot of Brexiteers. My guess is that many of them in the first round, well, I think a lot of them are going to be in single figures. I mean, I think the Tories look a bit foolish by having so many candidates. It makes them look unruly and a bit of a rabble, really. I mean, most party leadership elections, you think back to, um, well, the last... The Tories uh, had a a, a contest in 2016, and, of course, there was the one which ended up with David Davis and David Cameron in 2005. And the Labour ones, you normally get four or five, but, I mean, 13, 14, 15, 16 is a ludicrous number, really. And I think a lot will get, single figures, and we'll probably see about eight or nine or even ten of them drop out after the first round. And we'll get down to the serious candidates, who I would regard as Johnson, Gove, probably Hunt, um, uh, who else? Um, Javid, um, possibly, I'm not sure about Ledston. I'm not sure she's got that much support, but we'll probably get down to the sort of four or five serious candidates. And as I say, at the moment, I think that um, that the hardline Brexiteers will go for Johnson. I think he probably will make the ballot paper, despite the best efforts of all those who are trying to stop him. And I think probably the strongest of all the other candidates is at the moment looks like Michael Gove. Bear in mind, though, if you think back to 2005, um, David Davis was ahead, but then uh, David Cameron performed very well during the campaign. Um, so uh, we'll see uh, whether... Um, uh, who, If somebody really shines... Or I, I read that um, some of the uh, candidates are, bit, are trying to shy away from TV debates, particularly Boris Johnson... Well, front runners don't like debating, and the danger for Boris Johnson—a big TV or even radio debate—is that all the others would gang up on him. A bit like uh, that, rather, that happened did to a large extent during the 2016 referendum campaign. But yeah, it uh, did.
5: I mean, we've seen already as well an awful lot of anti-Boris Johnson stuff being put out there, uh, and I was quite surprised to see Liz Truss move across from sort of Michael Gove to Boris Johnson uh, or not stand herself. Was is that significant? Do you think?
3: Well, I mean, she's uh, an able politician. She's got good ideas. She sees, sees herself as the, uh, very much a Thatcherite. Um, um, she's the chief secretary to the Treasury. No doubt, she'd love to be Chancellor of the Exchequer. But there's quite a few of those. I think whoever becomes leader, that's a big prize for someone—the chancellorship—because uh, nobody really expects uh, Philip Hammond to stay on at the Treasury. Um, I think Liz Truss is. Uh, it's a good good boost for Boris Johnson. It'll be interesting to see. I'm not convinced any other members of the Cabinet, the current Cabinet, will back Boris Johnson. Uh, might be one or two. I can't think of any at the, at the moment, though. Um, I would have thought Cabinet... I mean, we heard David David Gorker was on Sky News yesterday backing Rory Stewart. Um, so Remainers will probably go for him. it um, be interesting to see who they'll... I, I suspect Philip Hammond probably won't reveal who he's going to support. He might do, I'm not sure. But uh, um, Boris Johnson obviously will pick up a lot of... Uh, Uh, He'll pick up the anti-Europeans, the hardline Brexiteers, plus those who think, who are not particularly wild about Boris Johnson, but he think, who think that he's their best hope uh, in defeating the threat of, A, Mr Corbyn, and B, and possibly more potent threat, Mr Farage and his party.
5: Well, that is the other big question, isn't it? Let me come back to Ross Kempsel here, if I may. Ross, um, as far as the kind of manoeuvrings are going inside the Tory party, nobody is yet sort of mentioning the F word, really, are they? The Farage word as oh. to whether or not <laughs> uh, they will do a deal with him or whether they would consider doing a deal with him are they all sort of waiting to see what happens in Peterborough?
6: I think that's an existential question for the next Conservative government, for the next Prime Minister. I don't think it's going to happen before uh, the, the, the the race is confirmed. I mean, each candidate is going to have to answer, and they've been asked repeatedly, you know, what are their views on the success of the Brexit party? What are they going to do to try to stem the tide? I mean, that would be a big and a bold step for any future Tory Prime Minister, having just won the mandate of Tory members. Uh, and it's interesting to think about the membership ballot. We don't actually know the figure, the actual precise number, members. 120,000 is a two-year-old figure. I should imagine it's dropped off because mm. of where politics has been going since the referendum throughout the May government. And how many of the Tory members who are going to have the final say over the next Prime Minister voted for the Brexit party at European Parliament elections? I think it's quite an interesting question. If you look at the polling, many of them are inflected in that direction on Brexit. So that it's a very, very, um, let's let's be frank and say it's a very narrow constituency that Tory uh, leadership candidates know they have have. have to appeal to in that final round the parliamentary party is much more nuanced much more difficult to appeal to and has a much wider range of views we generally think
5: yeah john that's the other thing that's interesting at the moment i think it was dr philip lee uh who has a problem with his constituency at the moment are we going to see more kind of uh you know potential deselection battles going on
3: Potentially yes. I mean uh, just picking up on what Ross was saying, Brandon Lewis, the Conservative Party chairman has claimed recently that the numbers have gone up. I think he was suggesting a hundred, uh, about 30,000 new members pushing it up to around about 100 and 50,000, but we haven't seen the official figures yet. That, of course, has prompted claims that is what uh, we used to call entryism in the the Labour Party in particular, and uh, there are claims which have been made by both Philip Lee and Dominic Grieve, uh, the former Attorney General and MP for Beaconsfield, um, that a lot of UKIP supporters, UKIP and uh, Brexit Party supporters, have been joining um, now, I think I'm right in saying that the person who uh, was challenging uh, or, uh, Dominic Grieve in Beaconsfield was his uh, UKIP opponent at the last election. I've spoken to Phil- Philip Lee, the Bracknell MP, a-, a few times in recent days, and he's convinced that a lot of, uh, it's a lot of uh, pro-Brexit party people who are trying to get rid of him. Remember, Philip Lee was selected in uh, what the Tories call an open primary uh, back in, uh, well, what year was it, about 2009. Um, after the previous MP for Bracknell, who was Andrew Mackay, came a cropper in the expenses scandal. Um, So, uh, yes, pro-Europeans claim there are a lot of uh, pro-Brexit party voters, supporters uh, amongst uh, joining the party, and they're trying to get rid of pro-European MPs. And, of course, um, if if it's true and there are a lot of pro-Brexit party people um, uh, voting well—that's good news for Boris Johnson, possibly for Dominic Raab as well, were he to make the final two. Although well, I'm not—I I think that Johnson and Raab are competing for the same votes uh, amongst the MPs, uh, and it could be we could see uh, something very similar, I suppose, to what we saw with Labour in 2015, where you've got uh, um, a parliamentary party and a membership uh, who are pretty much uh, out of step with each other. Uh, the uh, new leader will be the darling of the activists but not the MPs, which, of course, is what we saw uh, in the uh, Labour Party, and we're still seeing it now.
5: John, thanks very much indeed. John Craig, chief political commentator for Sky News. We'll be following uh, all of it as it happens, of course, over the course of the next few weeks. It is a by-election this week as well. Ross, just finally, uh, one last thing. Uh, Donald Trump greeted by Jeremy Hunt this morning. It seemed very uh, sort of a warm conversation they had at the, the, foot, the, the foot of the plane as they came down, as he came down with Melania down the steps. Um, political capitals be made from this by any of the individuals concerned?
6: Mm, difficult, difficult way for them to walk, mm. because if you have a meeting with President Trump, you're breaking the protocol of the state visit, so that might be seen as a bad look. The government is desperately trying to prevent Tory leadership candidates getting anywhere near the president. Likewise, you'd have to answer all sorts of awkward questions about what you discussed. Uh, did you criticise the president mm. on this or that? Are right. you happy for him to make such and such a comment so it's going to draw you into a lot of flack potentially for any Tory leadership candidate you know rumours flying around that Boris Johnson will meet President Trump nothing confirmed on that at all President Trump named Mr Johnson in his uh, interviews two of them over the weekend with the Sunday Times and the Sun on Saturday Uh, both of them both times seeming to subtly back Mr Johnson whether or not a full endorsement is there the president stepped away from that but it's implicit I think it's it's fair to say um I just think the next week is going to be an absolute political kind of chaos zone to be honest it's going to be uh pretty uh, just for a change yeah no it's, <laughs> anything could happen tomorrow mm. so today is the kind of ceremonial bit of the state visit president trump meeting the queen president trump having this state banquet tomorrow is the press conference at downing street that is going to be one not to miss it's in the middle of the afternoon i would clear your schedule because donald trump and theresa may are gonna uh, this is like the final act yes. of the musical theresa may is almost certainly going to come out of that press conference crying with awkwardness Hmm. about how difficult it has been. Mr. Trump will probably make some extraordinary comment. It will be absolutely box office.
5: It will be a not to be missed, as Ross says, and you'll hear it all right here, of course, on Talk
4: Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
5: If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app.